Good morning. It's great to see you all here this morning. Welcome to Connect Church. If uh, you are here for the very first time, we are thrilled you've come to join us. You've actually joined us in the middle of our Christmas series. Uh, the title, as you saw on the screen just there, is All I Want for Christmas. And uh, as we uh, count down the days here, we are uh, just less than two weeks now to Christmas Day. And, and maybe you're feeling the pressure here this morning. Maybe you're real. And the, um, the time is coming, it's time to buy the presents, get everything ready. And, and obviously, I know if you're a mum out there, or the wives, you're under no pressure whatsoever. You've already done all the Christmas shopping, you've bought everything, you've wrapped it. It's been under the tree since Thanksgiving. But if you're a dad out there like me, uh, you know that you're probably going to wait another 10 days or so, maybe the 22nd, the 23rd, maybe even the 24th. And you're going to think, you know, I should probably get out there to the mall, do some shopping, see if I can find that gift my wife told me she wanted. But, um, you know, I, I tell you what, whether you're organized or disorganized, a husband or a wife, I'll tell you what, if you are a parent here this morning, I know that you're feeling the pressure. Because you know that you want to get that perfect gift to your son or daughter. They've asked for this special thing, and, and you're out there, and uh, you know that you want to get the right gift for them. So, so, so here's what I want to do. If you're out there this morning, and you're a parent, and you're worried about getting the right gift, or you're, you're feeling that pressure, I want to send you out of here this morning feeling a little bit better about your situation. Because what I want to do is, I want to tell you about some other parents, and, and after I've told you this, I think wherever you find yourself, whether you're ready or not, you are going to feel a lot better about where you are. Because what I did, I knew I'd be speaking about this on Sunday, so I went onto the internet, and I, uh, I googled, I searched the phrase, hashtag parent fail, hashtag Christmas. And I came up with some great responses, some people out there who as parents have really just dropped the ball getting ready for Christmas. So i got some pictures here on the screen. You can check out as I show them. This first one, I think it was uh, maybe a wife sent this submission in. She said, this is uh, my husband's putting the lights on the Christmas tree uh, while getting help from our teething infant. You can see the little baby there just sucking on those Christmas tree lights. Probably not the safest, wisest things to do. Um, how about this one? Uh, my parents' efforts this year with Christmas. Yep, you see that tree? If you have anything just slightly bigger than that, you are already doing better than that family right there. Um, I like this one. It says, my dad is horrible at spelling. One Christmas, my sister got a present from Satan. She was five. Try explaining that. Hashtag parent fail. Yes. I mean, Santa, you know, kind of easy to misspell just a couple of letters there and, and come up with a very different uh, giver of that gift. Uh, and then this one here. This was my favorite of all. Uh, hashtag parent fail. Hashtag Christmas. My mom used to tell me if I woke up in the middle of the night on Christmas, Santa would use a candy cane to poke my eyes out. Yes, that's crazy. You imagine those poor kids just crying themselves to sleep on Christmas Eve, just terrified that they may just suddenly wake up in the middle of the night, discover Santa with his, his candy cane weapon ready to attack. But you know, of, of all those things, so hopefully you're ahead of the game. Hearing those, you're like, okay, you know what? As far as parenting goes, I'm doing a little bit better than, than maybe others. But listen, of all those things... None of them are as bad as, as the worst possible thing that a parent can face at Christmas. 
And it's that situation on Christmas morning where the kids are excited, they're opening the presents, and they pull out that toy that they've really been hoping they were going to get, and they're so excited, and they rip the packaging off, and, and they go to play with it, and it doesn't work. And you go over to examine it to find out what seems to be the problem, and, and you suddenly, with horror, see that little tiny label that you hadn't seen before on the corner of the box, and it says, batteries not included. And you realize at that point, you have messed up. You didn't realize that this particular gadget, this particular toy, needed batteries. So you scramble through the drawer, and of course, of all the batteries that you have, this one takes one that you don't have. It's an obscure shape. Maybe it's like a triple C or a, a quadruple A. I don't know what it is, but it's whatever it is, it's something that you don't have in your drawer full of batteries. And, you know, here in the States, <coughs> excuse me, it's not as bad of a problem. Uh, nowadays, you can just um, pop over to Walgreens. <coughs> Excuse me, but, but growing up for me, this was a huge issue. You see, 20 plus years ago, I can remember um, Christmas Day in England, everything was shut. There was nothing open on Christmas Day. The only thing open was the occasional gas station here and there. And I can remember one Christmas getting a gift and, and realizing on Christmas morning that it needed batteries and leaving the house to, to go on a hunt for these particular batteries and driving miles. I mean, I think I drove about 20 minutes and I finally found a gas station and, and I arrived and I walked in and, and it's like the guy just knew what I was there for. He had this big smile on his face. I don't think he'd sold any gas all day. I think every customer had come in for exactly the same thing, batteries. And I think he probably had this, this sign that he kept in a drawer um, all year long. And every Christmas he got it out because he knew that on Christmas Day, batteries cost whatever he wanted to charge. And he got that sign out and he set them up because he had what you needed and you were willing to pay whatever it took to get it. So I think I probably paid about $20 each per battery that day. I, I could have filled my car up with gas for less than it cost me to get those batteries. But... Isn't that the, the worst experience to, to, to discover on Christmas Day that the batteries aren't included? And that's the title of my message this morning, Batteries Not Included. And, you know, we've got this series, it's, it's All I Want for Christmas. And we're talking about, you know, the idea of um, Christmas lists and toys. But, but let's be honest, we know here this morning that Christmas is about more than just toys. Christmas is about more than just giving and receiving gifts, as wonderful as that is. The real reason we celebrate Christmas is something much more important than that. You know, um, last week, a couple of weeks ago, I was at the post office, and um, I was in line, I was next in line, and the lady in front was buying some stamps, and the clerk said, uh, you know, we've got several different kinds. We've got the American flag stamps, so we've got some Christmas stamps. And she said, oh, which Christmas stamps do you have? And uh, the clerk said, well, we've got um, Rudolph, or we've got uh, Frosty, the snowman, um, or we've got Mother and Child. And I'm stood there thinking, Mother and Child? I, mother and Child, that child has a name. That child's name is Jesus, and he's why we celebrate Christmas, the birth of Jesus. But this morning, obviously, we're going to talk about Jesus, but I actually want to spend a little bit of time this morning talking about the mother. I want to speak a little bit this morning about the mother of Jesus, Mary. Because you see, Mary, she is a key figure in the Christmas story. 
She's, she's, she appears in nativity sets. If you've got a nativity set at home, she'll be one of the central characters. She's right there in the middle next to the manger. She, the shepherds, they're kind of off to the side. But Mary, she has that prominent position with Joseph right there in the middle. We, we sing about her in Christmas carols. In fact, just this morning we sang Silent Night, didn't we? And uh, we sang about the Virgin Mother. That's Mary. Even modern Christmas songs. You know, if you've got one of those radio stations on at your house right now that's playing Christmas music 24-7, just like we have at my house, thanks to my wonderful wife, it's fantastic, yes. Um, you may have heard the song, Mary, Did You Know? It's a modern song, and it's all about Mary. And uh, the idea, you know, did you know, Mary, that you would give birth to Jesus, the Son of God? And the reason that there's so much emphasis on Mary is, is really she's kind of a big deal. She was the young girl that God chose to bring his son to earth through. So at Christmas time, we hear the story of Mary, and, and I want to look at that story this morning. So we're going we're gonna to read about that. But first, let's listen to the story, because uh, I've got some, some great friends here who are going to tell us the story of Mary on this video. So check this out. All right. So... Um, as great as that was, I think we'll read the Bible version as well, just to, to make sure that the two align, because uh, I'm not sure I remember the knees knocking part when I read the part in the Bible. So, so let's see what the Bible has to say about it. There was a guy by the name of Luke. He was one of the four gospel writers who wrote uh, the, life, the story of the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And Luke really gives us a lot of insight into the, the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus. And in Luke chapter 1, he tells us about Mary. We, we meet Mary for the very first time. In Luke 1, 26, he says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, uh, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for that you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. So Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. 
So we, we, we read this passage here, and we're introduced to this young lady. And, and uh, as I've read it to you this morning, I know there's probably not anyone here this morning that's the first time you've heard of Mary. Because this is a very famous story, and a very famous uh, person in that story. And, and because it's such a famous passage in the Bible, and because we're all very aware of the Christmas story, in our minds, over years, we've probably um, built up this amazing story of just how wonderful this young lady was. You know... It kind of made me think, do you ever get those Christmas cards that when you open them, a, a letter falls out and you open up the letter and inside it's kind of one of those newsletters from the family of, of what a great year it's been? And you, you, you kind of read like, oh boy, and you start to read and it's like, hey, last year, as you know, uh, Bill got the promotion for sales over North America and he was promoted to global sales. Well, this year he got another promotion and now he's over sales for the entire solar system. Way to go, Bill. Uh, Jimmy, our son, he got into Harvard. Julie graduated from Yale and spent her summer in Africa working with orphans. But fortunately, she was home in time just in time to join us for our summer vacation to Barbados, where Bill and I celebrated our 25-year anniversary by renewing our vows on the beach. <laughs> Do you ever feel like that? You read these letters and you're like, seriously? What kind of family is this? They've had the most perfect life ever. Do you ever like read those and think, I just want to send a letter out with my Christmas card and tell people about my year. Tell them what my year was really like. Have you ever wanted to send a letter that says something like this? It's been a great year. The kids are still taking their meds. We're upside down on the mortgage by about $25,000, but we're hanging in there. Oh, and we had the best vacation this year. It was the night our basement flooded, and we lost all the power in the house. And all of us had to stay in one room at the Motel 6. It was great. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> It's true, though, isn't it? Sometimes you, you kind of want to be like, man, I, I just want to tell her how it is. And, and listen, in fairness to those of you, I, and I apologize, maybe you're out there this morning, you're halfway through your Christmas letter, and now you're, you're tearing it up in your mind. Please don't do that. They're great. I love Christmas letters. But the reality is that when we send those out, they're the highlight reels, aren't they? It's, it's like the, the great things that have happened over this last year. Because no one wants to read a Christmas card letter that's full of doom and gloom. We want to we share the, the ups of the year, the good things. But despite the fact that we could all share great things from the previous year, I don't think any of us would dare say that our lives are perfect. The reality is that we've probably left out some of the stuff that was the tough times, but, but they were there that year. And the reason I say that is because I wonder as well, and I've been studying for this message, you know, when we read about Mary, maybe this was the Christmas card letter, maybe this was the highlight reel. We, we don't know all that was going on in Mary's life, so I want us to learn a bit more about who Mary was and where she came from. Because you see, this passage we just read about Mary, it's no different. It tells a great story about this wonderful lady. But I think when we look closer, we're going to find that just like you and me, her life was messy. You see, as I was preparing, as I was studying for this message, I discovered that Scripture says that, that Mary was from a town called Nazareth. It says in Luke 1, verse 5, uh, and Luke 1, 27, In the days of Herod, king of Judea, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin, and the virgin's name was Mary. So Nazareth, okay, it was a small town in first century Israel. And this was during the time of King Herod the Great. 
Now, when it comes to, to problems and troubles, no one understood sorrow better than Mary's people at this time. You see, it had been generations since there was a nation, sorry, since they were a nation in their own right. King Herod the Great, he was not great. Far from it. He wasn't even their true king. He was given this title for political reasons by the conquering Roman Empire. You see, Herod ruled over Mary's country on Rome's behalf, and he did it with an iron fist. You would see Roman soldiers everywhere. And, and maybe you're picturing this morning when you think of Roman soldiers, Russell Crowe walking along, dressed like a gladiator. But Maximus, the gladiator, they were not. These were not nice guys. They were merciless and brutal towards anyone that they felt like was getting out of line. That was the way Rome ruled. It says that the people were being taxed at a rate of up to 90%, losing their land and their homes on a regular basis. The reality is that first century Israel was a pretty sorrowful place. And then Nazareth. As I focused in on Nazareth itself, I discovered that Mary's village was at the bottom of a totem pole in a nation that was already at the bottom. Archaeologists tell us that Nazareth um, might have been a town of no more than 150 people. It was a little podunk place. And it wasn't a quaint little town either. You know, years after that, that very first Christmas, we can read about a guy by the name of Nathaniel. He became one of Jesus' 12 disciples. And when he first encountered Jesus, he was being introduced to him by a friend. And this friend said to Nathaniel, this man is Jesus from Nazareth. And, and we can read about this in John chapter 146. Nathaniel's response is, can anything good come out of Nazareth? That's the reputation this town had. Nathaniel's response was, Nazareth? Seriously, you're telling me that something good came out of Nazareth? There was nothing quaint or picturesque about Nazareth. Nazareth was located about four miles from a Roman garrison. And what I discovered as I was preparing for this message is that really Nazareth's only claim to fame at that time was that it had a red light district for the Roman soldiers based in that garrison. Basically, when the boys in the army got a few days off, they headed to Nazareth looking for cheap wine and cheap women. Nazareth was not this picturesque little beautiful town. On top of all that, we find this young lady by the name of Mary. She was a teenage girl, probably no older than 14, 15 years old. And like girls of her age often were back in that day, she was engaged. Luke chapter 1, 26 and 27 says that the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph. So we know that she was engaged. And beyond that, we really don't know an awful lot more about her. We don't know if her life had any more or any less sorrow in it than anyone else living in Nazareth at that time. But listen, I think it's safe to say, based on what we know about the town in which she grew up, that she shared in the dejection and the humiliation of her people. There was a lot to be said about being a girl in Nazareth. And yet, despite the fact that Angel acknowledged that she had found favor with God, this angel appears and says, listen, God has chosen you. Mary was no different than any one of us. Her life was messy. Her world was broken and she was born like all of us 
with the batteries not included. You see, that's the title of my message this morning. And the the point I want to make is that I believe that every one of us, you, me, Mary, and everyone who's lived before and everyone who's lived since, um, we were born with the batteries not included. You see, whatever your life looks like right now, it could be fantastic or it could just be just a really rough time for you right now. You are not created the way, you are not made the way God created you to be. You see, God had this wonderful plan when he created the universe. And part of that plan was to create mankind. And he made them perfect. But we can read right the way back in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis that Adam and Eve, of of their own free will, of their own choice, they chose to do wrong. They chose to disobey God. And at that point, we learn that sin entered into the world. And as soon as sin entered into the world, they became incomplete. And every one of us born since then is born into a world with sin. We are born incomplete. We are born um, uh, different than how God had planned for us to be. It's like we were born with the batteries not included. There's a guy in the New Testament, his name is Paul, and, and he understood this. He was writing to the, the people of Rome in a book called Romans to try and explain this, this missing part of our lives. And as he's explaining to them how, how God had intended them to be and how, how really they were, he says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, he says, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. He's saying, listen, it doesn't matter who you are. We have all fallen short of God's glorious standard. That's perfection. Basically, he's saying we are like toys with the batteries not included. We're we're incomplete. So do you know what God did? God knew that we were incomplete, so God sent the batteries. God sent the batteries. God sent Jesus that's, that's what we celebrate at Christmas time. The idea that was our lives were incomplete and God knew this. And he knew that the only solution was to send his only son that we could have a relationship with him. Jesus understood this. Jesus understood living his life, the, all the good he did, that he was here for one purpose only. Listen to what he said. He was at the end of uh, the book of John talking about his life. John records a prayer that Jesus prays literally days before he's about to die. And in this prayer, uh, if it were me, I'd be praying, oh, God, please find another way. Or please, if I'm going to die, don't let it hurt too much. But, but no, that's not what Jesus is praying. Jesus is praying for us in that prayer. And in John 17, verse 1 to 5, he says this. He says, after saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way, listen to what Jesus says, this is the way to have eternal life. To know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. In this prayer, Jesus is, is kind of laying out there. He's explaining, um, here is his reason for coming to earth in the first place. 
Listen to what it says again in verse 3. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. He understands that he is the batteries that we need to complete us because we came with the batteries not included. Now that should be great news for every one of us. But you see, there's a problem. There's a, there's a little bit of a problem because I wish this were the case. I wish the, the fact that the batteries weren't included means that we wouldn't work at all. But, but what's happened is we found a workaround. We found a way to, to continue to work even though the batteries weren't included. And I want to illustrate that to you somehow this morning. So, so what I've done is you'll see here I've got this, uh, this bag here. If you can pass that up. Thank you. And this bag is from, as you see, Toys R Us. And yes, I've been doing a little bit of shopping this week. And uh, I went out and I bought a few toys that were, um, that, that when I bought them, they didn't have the batteries with them. Okay, so, so this first one here, you can see if, uh, if you, your home has any young men in it, aged anywhere under the age of probably 30 or 20 or something. This, yep, this is a Nerf gun, okay? We have about 10 of these all over our house. Our boys love them. They fire darts and discs and those kind of things. And you can have a lot of fun with this. You could actually hold it right now and you could pretend to be shooting someone. I can remember when I was a kid, I'd, we didn't have Nerf guns like this. But I remember in my house, um, there was on the, the, the upstairs area, there were stairs that came down. And you would go down a flight of stairs and then kind of turn on the land and then go down another flight of stairs. And, and to me, these weren't stairs to get downstairs. These were stairs to get out of the German prisoner of war camp that I was in. Because I was a, a, a British soldier trying to escape and I can remember rolling down the stairs and turning around and, and shooting the guards and, in order to escape. And, and you had a gun like this, you could have hours of fun just pretending to be shooting at people. How about this one here? This is, uh, some of you guys will recognize this little guy here. See who this is? Yep, that's Elmo. Can you say hi, Elmo? There he is, he's waving his hands. Now, now, now Elmo, he, he came with batteries, but right now they're, they're not in him. But you know what? We could have some fun with Elmo. If you were a little kid here this morning, you could cuddle up to him and you could play with him. And, and you could have hours of fun with this little cuddly toy. How about this last one here? And maybe some of you have seen these before, these little helicopters. You see this? Look at this. You could have such a lot of fun with this. You could be flying it around here, and you could be pretending to, to shoot soldiers if you had like little mini soldiers. And, but, you know, there were batteries that came with this. And you're missing out if all you're doing is, is pretending to fly it around. You see, all these toys are fun, but they're not operating the way they were designed to operate. And, you know, the reason I'm showing them is to, to show that actually we can find a way in our lives, to, to enjoy these toys, we can find a way, even though God created every one of us to exist with Jesus as a part of our lives, we found a way to exist without him. Some of us have even found a way to enjoy life without him. But I want to tell you this morning, you are missing who God created you to be. You're missing the, the fact that those batteries that weren't included, you're, you're not functioning the way God intended you to function. See, Jesus explains this in John chapter 10, verse 10. He's, he's explaining what God's design should be with the batteries included. 
He says that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But listen to what he says. He says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus is saying, listen, you may be trying to exist without me, but I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. So let me pull my toys back up here and and demonstrate the difference between um, batteries not included and life to the full. You see my my Nerf gun here. You'll see it's got a little motor. And if I hold down the trigger here, hey, there we go. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) All right. Sorry about that. They, They fired quite a long way. That was amazing. See how much more fun that was with the batteries included? How about Elmo? Let's go. Get Elmo up here, and um, I'm going to just put this battery in the back of Elmo here. All right, now let's see what happens when we squeeze his tummy. Let's play peek-a-boo. Peek-a-boo. All right. <laughs> see? See the fun you'd have missed out on? That cute little voice? All right, that's enough, Elmo. Sit down, sit down. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Um, and then finally, okay, now um, I'm taking a little bit of a chance here, but... Um, Let's see where the switch is here. There it is right there. See if I can get this to work. Um, check out this helicopter here. Okay. Uh, get ready. Here we go. <laughs> Look at how high that went. <laughs> wow. Can you believe that? I am so, I'm going to say right now, I am so relieved because I was picturing flying this helicopter and it just zipping straight out there and hitting somebody straight in the face. So believe me, I am super relieved that it not only flew, but it stayed out of the way of you guys and just kind of landed there backstage. So, but, but look at how much more fun that helicopter was when it actually flew. You see, I want all of you to experience life the way you were designed to experience it. You were made with the batteries not included, included, but I want you to experience life with the batteries. You know, here's the, the crazy thing. At Christmas, Mary plays a huge part of the Christmas story, this wonderful young lady who God chose to bring Jesus into the world. But even Mary, the mother of Jesus, was born with batteries not included. Do you realize that? Mary needed Jesus as much as you and I do. And she's the person that God chose to bring Jesus to us. So here's the challenge I want to leave you with here this morning. Because I I, I wonder if there are some of you here who who are discovering now the idea that you were designed to have these batteries, but you've learned to live without them. Here's what I want you to do. We're, We're a couple of weeks away from Christmas. And in a couple of weeks' time, you're going to receive loads of gifts. But, you know, there's one gift that you can receive this Christmas that's greater than any gift that you'll ever receive from anyone. And that gift is Jesus. My prayer is that at some point today, this evening, this week, sometime over this Christmas period, that you would receive the greatest gift imaginable, and that is Jesus into your heart. You know, I know there's some of you here, you've been coming to Connect for a while, you enjoy the services, you love being here, and uh, you come every week. In a couple of weeks, you'll be giving lots of gifts. But there's still one gift that you can give that's greater than all the gifts you'll ever give. And that gift is you. 
That gift is your life. That's you saying to Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I give to you this gift. I give you all that I am. So my prayer is that you'll receive the greatest gift this Christmas time and that that gift will be Jesus. My prayer is that you'd give the greatest gift this Christmas time and that that gift would be your life to Jesus. Because like many here who have already discovered who they were created to be, you can find out what life is like with the batteries included. Can we pray? Father, I just pray for everyone here listening to this message. God, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that um, this Christmas will be a Christmas they would remember for the rest of their lives. Because this Christmas, they gave the greatest gift they could give, and that was their life to you. That this Christmas, they received the greatest gift they could ever receive, and that was you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, I believe that even now there are some, Lord, and, and your, your Holy Spirit is here just tugging at their hearts. Please, Lord, don't let them miss this opportunity to give their lives to you. God, I pray for all here, Lord, that Christmas wouldn't just be a story we hear and a story we know about. Church wouldn't just be a place we go, but that, Lord, a relationship with Jesus would be something that every one of us could experience. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.